Health in daylight, streaming clear as a pristine waterfall, one that conceals a cave of flowers and fairies. Life in meadows, green and airy, soft on bare toes like a healing shroud. Life in skies of lazy clouds, whose passing warms all time beneath, reminding every creature of its death. That's a poem by Aaron. Yes. Thank you, Aaron, for gracing us with your words. Very welcome. I appreciate that poem because today we're talking about wellness as a form of media. Manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been sold to us, streamed yeah. to us, which I liked that little analogy, yeah, little, little yep. situation you have going Entendre. on there. Entendre. And yeah, what were your thoughts behind the poem? Well, um, I just wanted to be so Asini and I wanted to not, because I started out, I was writing this, this real slanderous thing against the, the <laughs> snake oil salesman that pull mm. us on strings like puppets. But I thought, no, let's just describe a nice picture of health, which to me is very crisp air that feels less like uh, a vapor and more like a liquid. Mm -hmm. So like cold and fulfilling it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, waterfalls, meadows, lazy clouds, being outside basically. Lovely. Today we were inspired to talk about the industry that is wellness. We got pretty niche with our research, I would say, or at least I did into the area of spiritual wellness and the influencers and the salespeople who are selling us a form of health that goes beyond just the physical body, that goes into the spiritual realm, the ancestral realm, the <laughs> mental health sides of things. And we're going to talk a little bit about how these can be translated into the Solocene, have they always been around, and what gave rise to their popularity, because it seems... Very popular these days. It does seem like that. It really does. I liked your kind of description of the landscape of wellness influences, mm -hmm. which is you have the more spiritual ones, mm -hmm. which I think is what interests us most of all because, well, I guess we should start by saying we're not going to give any health advice. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I think that's just like a disclaimer people have to make, I think. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're not going to do that. But there are those who are strictly medical mm -hmm. uh video makers or post makers usually on youtube or instagram or tiktok mm -hmm. and there are those who are a little bit more lifestyle oriented mm -hmm. my kind of uh definition i guess or my set of examples of what we're talking about is the gwyneth paltrow's mm -hmm. the dr oz the <laughs> liver kings of this world yes who was indeed uh, the muse for this episode mm. um i wonder if he's ever been anyone's muse before probably perhaps it's like Muse doesn't always have to be the ideal that you hold up. No, I know, but it's just I wonder if anyone's ever <laughs> created anything inspired. No, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. Slickness. Shakespeare in love. Mm -hmm. For Gwyneth Paltrow, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it when it comes to like health, wellness, influences, celebrity culture, it is such a varied landscape, and people can be talking about different things. But the way I kind of defined it was that movies models, magazine covers, etc. they kind of set the standards. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is the people who, the influencers, if you will, who help people on their quote-unquote journeys mm -hmm. to reach those standards, to defy them. You know, like, these are the, the personal ones, your mm -hmm. friends. These are your friends. Exactly. When I was in business school, for those of you who didn't know, I did, in fact, <laughs> study business for four years. I remember there was, it was a very 
behind the times sort of curriculum and they were talking about influencers and they said the reason that influencers work so well is because it's like it's your friend before influencers existed in the way that they do today those types of relationships and sales would be made just by okay i trust these people around me yeah and so i will make buy the products that they recommend and now it's all moved online as is most of our socializing so that's why we trust them so much because we literally think they're our friends even if it's not like I refer to Hitomi sometimes as my friend. But in my brain, 100%, she's just my friend. And same with, I'm sure, everyone else's favorite online personality. Jeff Coverweb from Athlean.com for yeah. me. Do you want to just describe who, who your friends are to the people who maybe don't know them? Because <laughs> you have a whole like canon of friends. I have a cast of characters is... that I watch on YouTube. <laughs> um, so my main one that I'm going to talk about today is Hitomi. She is a woman who is currently living in Hawaii, I believe, but she's lived in LA and New York on her, over her like 10 years of being online. And she promotes spiritual wellness as a kind of holistic approach to living your life. And in a lot of her videos, it is lifestyle, vegan food. Yoga. Yoga. Yes. Activity. Yeah. And then most of my other friends, I won't talk about very much in this episode because none of them I don't think are as well known as she is. Fair enough. But they include Isabel Page, Sarah Therese, I've, who is no longer on YouTube, and then pretty much all the other YouTubers I watch are fashion, so they're pretty much completely unrelated. My favorite thing about those friends is that they all <laughs> go by both names. Like yes. That's just that's that's the the model for their like mm-hmm. channel names or their online persona. Which yeah, there's Audrey Cohn, there's Dearly Bethany. <laughs> I just find it funny. <laughs> um, let's. I guess let's talk about the muse, the liver king, mm-hmm. because I wanted to test you on his ancestral tenets. No, I, <laughs> I knew you were going to do this, and I didn't even prepare. I'll describe him. I'll let you gather your thoughts. I'll describe him okay. to the audience. So the liver king is a very red man who um, achieved fame, renown, in the last year or so. Celebrity. Celebrity, yes. Mm. For promoting a very all-natural, going back to the ways of our ancestors' lifestyle, I'm pretty sure that his demographic is mostly men, probably young men. I'm fairly sure that he's not completely honest with his own health regimen, mm-hmm. but he sells liver yes. and various other ancestral supplements, mm-hmm. ancestralsupplements.com. Yeah. And he goes by, he preaches these nine ancestral tenets, mm-hmm. which he thinks that have all been kind of corrupted by the modern world. And I think he's just a good place to start. The episode's not all about him, but I just think he's just a, a good case study. To yeah, start because with. when you first introduced me to this gentleman, as we will refer to him, he you said what these are his ancestral tenets. And I was like, aren't those just like how to exist? <laughs> but I suppose I can see how you're you're burnt out with how overwhelming everything is, how complex it seems like achieving health or achieving balance in your life might be and then he presents you with these nine super super simple things and yep. you can apply them to your life i'm not all against it what are they his nine ancestral tenants include sun yes earthing connecting to nature connecting yep connecting to people was another one right bonding with your tribe bonding with your tribe <laughs> uh cold of course movement yeah, the stat on the website was modern Americans sit 13 hours a day. Okay. Food. Yes, eat like our ancestors. Yes. Sleep. 
on the ground. No mm -hmm. blue light, no nonsense like that around mm -hmm. you. And then the final ones are more my favorite. Shield. Yes, from plastics and Wi-Fi and other evils of the modern world. Mm -hmm. And fight. Fight or struggle, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well done, you know them all. Thank you. I know you've been practicing them in your daily life. For some reason, that's just a part of our kind of lexicon now. Yeah, you open up the blind in the morning and go, here's your first intestine, <laughs> <laughs> Alicia. So let's talk about, did you have any research into the history of these wellness influences, where it all began, mm. their popularity, what's going on there? It's so hard for me to distinguish from my research because it's like there's always been celebrities of some type. But in this realm, I feel like it, the lineage of these influences is more the people who are on like speaking tours and such. Mm -hmm. It's kind of as far back as I took it. So I'm actually reading a book right now by a famous yoga guru who kind of brought the idea of yoga to North America in the 20s and 30s and like, you know, early 20th century. And he was doing a speaking tour and he would sell out auditoriums and he would sell like very later in his life. So, or I think even after he died, his, his like books started coming out. But people like him who would sell books, go on speaking tours. I feel like that's kind of the root of this yeah. industry. So it's interesting. You think that essentially the root of it is celebrity and spirituality. Mm -hmm. These are more spiritual leaders than they are fitness ones, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... That's very interesting. Yeah, because I was thinking of Martin Luther King, like not MLKJ, the original Martin Luther King with the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s and 1600s, him going around and speaking about the Reformation of the church. And then I feel like just people like him throughout history who they gained fame, but not from even Gandhi, like fame, but not from being an actor or being rich, from being really cool person basically saying things that touch people mm -hmm. and possibly shed some light on things yes and then i think in the 50s to early 2000s there was a lot of trends with the diet culture so i for some reason went to the idea do you know what curves is curves fitness yeah vaguely i don't know if they had those in the uk oh gyms they were like gyms but they were, I think, specifically women's gyms. And they were kind of like Weight Watchers. Mm. But they were physical spaces. So you, they were like a chain. You'd go on a program. You'd pay like $200. And it would be, I think they'd even like deliver the food to your door. You'd get all your food from them. It was like very dystopian. And then, of course, ended in a lawsuit. People saying they were scamming them. Right. So we have diets <laughs> yeah. coming around in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. The Atkins diet, the Weight Watchers, and now it's moved into like the keto or the paleo or the intuitive the eating, intuitive eating, yeah, whatever it may be. I looked even further back at kind of medical statements on things, but that could just be attributed to one person rather than mm -hmm. say a body yeah. or an organization. Like Hippocrates mm -hmm. wrote a, a, a piece that we like to talk about called "As Waters and Places" mm -hmm. in ancient Greece. And cookbooks, I thought, that's kind of an example mm -hmm. of it. Um, because, I mean, you could go back and look at like the four humors in medieval times or just all the bizarre things through history that people have celebrated as being kind of an intangible benefit to your health. Mm -hmm. Cookbooks have been around since around 1700 BC. 
Okay, that's really interesting. I know, I thought that's cool. They discovered them on four clay tablets from ancient Mesopotamia. Hmm. And then fast forwarding, there's like all the fitness instructors on TV and home video yeah. in the 80s, like mm-hmm. the aerobics ones. Yeah, you buy your VHS set and you work it out. Yeah, so I think uh, <laughs> the, the guys we're talking about are a combination of that and social media, parasocial uh, mm-hmm. fame. Yes, for sure. So I feel like maybe we can get to like what exactly is behind this specific popularity right now because even since the start of the pandemic, it's been very, like the uptake has been absurdly high. Like I was looking at the, you know, the Google results. Mm. So it would be like 183% more searches for astrology or for manifestation or for at-home workouts. Like it was just 183 was like the lower end, but it went up to about 2,000% increase just in two years. Well, I mean, at-home workout is because so many gyms will close. Mm -hmm. But I think specifically you could say that the rise in these guys over the last couple of years, it's not just that people want um, workout when Mm -hmm. they, you know, ideas for what to do in their makeshift home gyms. It's also the the sense of community that was lacking from from being in a gym, tried to replace that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've always been quite confounded by Peloton Mm -hmm. and the the Apple version of it, which is like you have access to all these... um, Biggest Loser style motivational and exercise coaches all the while through your exercise. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some people really like it and I think it's helpful, but I've always just questioned that versus being in a whole room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It feels less effective because I feel like their what their selling point is you're gonna have this one-on-one personalized training. There'll be no judgment. I feel like the judgment in the gym or the perceived judgment, because I really don't think it exists, is motivating. <laughs> and I know it sounds really bad, but when I go to the gym, I 100% know that no one cares that I'm there. But I care. the idea that everyone except for Aaron cares that I'm there, that I still hold to an extent in a healthy way, is motivating. It's like, oh, I want to be a little bit more like her. He's running really fast. Wish I could run a little bit faster like him. Just like these really subtle role models Whereas when they're online, they're like gods. They're not actual. It's true. Yeah, you can't touch them. Role models. I feel like. Just speaking to you from your mirror, however that works. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because that's something I've always held as a really strong value of not setting celebrities as role models for me. It's just always been the case. People would be like, oh, who's your favorite musician? I'd be like, I don't really know. But I try and find a lot more tangible role models in my life who I might not even know the name of, but it's just like that person at the gym or that person who I saw singing in a coffee shop once. They're my role model. You know? Yeah, I do know. Yeah. Another reason I had for their popularity was just because of the absolute huge amount of conflicting information we have regarding diet, mm-hmm. exercise, all manner of uh, mental health as well. Mm-hmm. And I think when you see all this conflicting information, it's so difficult to navigate your way through that people would so often rather just find someone, trust that someone, you know, maybe they have credentials, Jeff Cavalier mm-hmm. from athletex.com. Yeah. Maybe they don't. Maybe they just look impressive, as is so often the case with uh, online influencers. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, I, I completely empathize with that kind of fatigue that we have because it's like it's 2022. Why don't we know what's good mm-hmm. for us to eat yet? I mean, I don't want to derail the episode, but that, that's a big frustration we have in the modern world. 
And as well as this, um, all these different advices and voices coming and telling us how to live properly, there is also the absolute lack of transparency with all the things we consume, like all the industrialized products or the food. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know who made it. We don't know what's in it. Mm -hmm. So I think when you have someone like the Liver King saying, hey, you have to shield yourself, I think that's the most interesting tenet, the shield, mm -hmm. because it feeds on this um, mistrust bordering on paranoia that we all have now at this point about plastics, about uh, radiation, about pretty much everything new that was never studied that has been sometimes proven to be, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's a well-founded mm -hmm. mistrust that people have. But yeah. these guys target it and... I think often try to profit off of it. Like mm -hmm. blue light glasses is a good example. Yeah, it for might sure. be bad for you. You know, it might be fine for you. I'm pretty sure most science mm -hmm. says it's neutral for you, but that mm -hmm. won't stop someone like the Liver King saying that actually this is really, really bad for your sleep. That's why mm -hmm. you're sleeping so badly. You know, by my shields or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I feel like because the internet came about so quickly, we don't have the capacity to discern okay, this person who is presenting this liver king diet on the internet, this is a persona. Whereas I feel like with the people who are maybe on those traveling speech tours, you're like, okay, this is their speech for an hour. This isn't their entire life. Because when they're like the liver king or like you tell me, you're seeing their Instagram stories every few hours. So you just completely believe that this is their life. Right. Even if they're try and be transparent and say like, this is just my online presence. Like I do have relationships and I do have struggles that I don't share because it's not super productive to share. And I agree with that. I think it's a good idea to have role models who are like just kind of, you only see the good. But I don't think we have in our brains the capacity to distinguish that yet. But I hope in a few years we'll have the right like education that we can distinguish and have these people inspiring us but not making us hate ourselves <laughs> well or taking us for fools and profiting off of us yeah that's what i was getting at <laughs> the other thing is like there's a genuine fraudulence which i think is quite common which is photoshop mm -hmm. steroids makeup mm -hmm. you know certain types of clothes that make you look a certain way things like this which again the podcast is not really for that but that's all over the place when we're discussing these type of fitness influences mm -hmm. So don't believe everything that you see on the internet. Yeah. Do you think this? Um, I want to. Do you think this episode can count as fitness influence? I don't think so. Are we fitness influencers now? I think or wellness we're not. Influences? Perhaps in one of our episodes where we talk about how to live an artful life or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think this. This is more just pointing out things that we've noticed. This is an observation. Sure. Thank you for joining us in the observation. One more thing that I had behind the popularity is this is a very bold statement, but I'm not the first to make it. Um, we can accredit that to Nietzsche, I think, the death of God. Mm -hmm. But I was like, this is heavy, but I feel like it's super relevant, is that like in our consciousness, there isn't, like, there isn't a God, there isn't a community that we kind of all belong to the way that I feel like even 30 years ago, 40 yeah, of years course, ago. Of course. We did, so I feel like people are looking for these online communities, these cottage core groups, these what have you, these spiritual groups yeah. online, and I think authorities yeah. of any sort, because, exactly. Because, like I said about the groups, it's almost like the more official something looks CDC, mm -hmm. the less 
trustworthy it is. Exactly. Whereas one person is a, is a freedom fighter, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sorry, one other thing I forgot about is that recently, like very recently, there have been a lot of studies coming through proving these ancient practices as legitimate. Yeah. Whereas I feel like for probably the last couple hundred years, we were like, oh, like yoga doesn't actually have any benefits. It's just a, it's just a religion. It's just like a thing that this group of people do. Now there's like a lot of proofs behind these things that a lot of these people are yeah. disseminating. And I think that also is giving rise to their popularity. Not all of them. I mean, Gwyneth is Paltrow. She's probably like the opposite end of that. But, but no, but I think that's it's the other side of the coin though, rather mm-hmm. than the opposite end. Because like when you have Gwyneth Paltrow telling you one of her outlandish things, mm-hmm. probably born to vaguely sound mythological. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have any examples because Paltrow just depresses me a little bit. <laughs> but do you know anything she sells? Well, there was her most famous scandal, which was selling um, jade eggs that are, were meant to um, balance female hormones and regulate menstrual cycles. The least PG the episode the <laughs> podcast has ever been. Um, no, but exactly, right? Jade yeah. eggs. That's um, completely born out of the, the religious impulse rather than following boring advice from a doctor or something. Mm. And it's it's a lot more fun. Like yeah. it, it's a lot more exciting to um, dramatize your wife and say, I'm going to shield myself. Yeah, I'm going to buy these crystals and they're going to yeah. cast out the spirits. Exactly. That are <laughs> so it's exact, I mean, it's exactly what you were saying, that science in some senses, in some, not mm. always, because like I said, the four humors from medieval mm. times, that's just nonsense. In yeah. some cases has proven old medical teachings to be correct Mm -hmm. and so people are kind of some people are going uh, a little bit too far throwing the baby out with the bathwater and saying no to vaccines Mm -hmm. i'm going to use crystals Mm -hmm. because if if, uh, they were right about this they have to be right about this as well yeah two other reasons for the popularities i thought of was the simple fact that people are recognizing our lives as astray from how we should be. That's why I mentioned the stat about um, movement on the Liver Kings mm-hmm. AncestralSupplements.com website, which was that the modern <laughs> Americans sit for an average of 13 hours a day. Because it's something I always complain about in my life that uh, so much of my day is sitting because that's the only way that you can really be productive when you like to read and write and work on a podcast and things like that. Mm-hmm. So people are, are recognizing this either, either consciously or subconsciously mm-hmm. and looking for ways out. It reminds me a little bit of the conspiracy about 5G causing COVID. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it and we were like, no, I don't think that's true. No, I don't think the conspiracy uh, culture, conspiracy culture is healthy. But it is kind of a cool thing that it seems as if people, even subconsciously, are on the right path in recognizing that there's something in all the industrialization and all the domestic domesticization of our lives Mm -hmm. that is making us if not ill then weak Mm -hmm. and soft yeah weak (laughs) (laughs) and another thought i had was that these influencers often talk to their followers in ways that has been kind of stripped from daily life in ways that we would talk to our fellow friends, neighbors, family members, mm-hmm. either in an overtly motivational way, as in you can do it, because people don't really talk that 
seriously to each other anymore mm-hmm. or in a spiritual way. People don't really yeah. do that anymore. And I think in a weird way, people are more comfortable certainly hearing it from someone speaking to a camera than they yeah. are from someone right beside them on the couch, but also yeah. speaking it. I think a lot of people are more comfortable. Like even even I, like I have no following. It's like I think I'd feel a little bit more comfortable speaking something like that into a, you know, some made-up sermon for a minute mm-hmm. into my phone and posting it than I would saying it to people mm-hmm. because, well, for a lot of reasons. But yeah. yeah, I do think that's that's, and it's a it's a good type of speech. Like I think that's a good sentiment, which is mm-hmm. we're touching on heavy things. We're being serious about health. We're talking about shielding this and connecting that and grounding and mm-hmm. so much of our conversation is always light and is always small and is always frivolous. And yeah. I think this feeds a desire or this uh, fills a desire. The influences fill a desire for real talk sometimes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I have been obviously thinking about this a lot. And I was thinking, is this all like a bad thing that we're just only having these connections with fake people, basically, or people, not fake people, people that it's a one-sided connection to and I was like I don't think that's entirely bad because it's historical of like getting advice from people but I think yeah we need to find a new way to have our relationships with them because I feel like it's so easy to just watch hours and hours of the liver kings tiktoks (laughs) but then you're obviously not shielding when you do like doing no that's exactly the point to like putting the things into practice yeah and I feel like since the dawn of the influencer with like the mommy vlogs is what they're called. They're the mommy vlogs before there was YouTube. And then all of the different blogs that popped up and then they all translate into videos. Of like, okay, I'm just going to go read all of these. Almost like when we used to read magazines. Yeah. But then you just put it down and never act on it. Oh, this podcast. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. You record the podcast and we don't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, I'm talking about people might listen and mm-hmm. hear us talk about this. I think that's so nice, but then life gets in the way of mm-hmm. connecting it. Yeah, but I think, yeah, just being intentional. I'm going to consume this media with the intention of taking an action on it or at least assimilating it into my existence yeah. a little bit. Speaking of assimilating it into our existence, mm-hmm. the organism of the week this week, I have no Latin name for it, but it is Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2. And is the picture. Oh, wow. That's an incredible drawing. You can't see, but it's very detailed. Yeah, it is. I want to describe it for the people at home. So it's, uh, it's a blank sheet of paper. Well. With an, with an arrow. Just because you can't see. To an area. Yes. In which there is an actual sized COVID-2 particle. Right. So have you heard about uh, SARS-CoV-2? No. COVID-19. I have not. So this is the virus that is COVID-19. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know why it has the two in the name. So it's it's COVID-2. Yeah. Again, I think, I, I'm pretty sure my last organism was the soot sprite. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not sure if this is an <laughs> organism. <laughs> um, there seems to be, even among the relevant scientists, mm-hmm. Some debate about whether a virus counts as an organism. Personally, I don't think so. My own uh, barometer is: does it have a Latin name? If it doesn't, not an it's organism. Not an organism. But I don't it's think just it's an organism. An entity. It's just a virus. The the mm. exact quote I had was: uh, a packet of genetic material and proteins without any of the structures that distinguish prokaryotes and eukaryotes. 
Okay. But some people describe it as like a microorganism that can only survive in other organisms. Like a parasite of sorts? It is a parasite. It's yeah. A, it's a very, very tiny parasite, basically. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the technical terms for this particular organism goes over my head, I have to say so. Okay. So instead, I googled fun facts about COVID. Okay, thank just to you. try and fill the segment. And I went to natgeokids.com. My favorite website for the organism of the week. Right. Well, for this one in particular, that had an article all about it when it was first coming out. And it said, things you can do. Okay. And I thought that was kind of fitting for this episode because mm-hmm. we're always talking about what can we do to be healthier. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned so presciently, without even knowing my organism, COVID has really been quite an accelerant in terms of the growth of these wellness influences. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the first point of advice, and I think the most interesting from netgeokids.com for what you can do, said, do things that make you happy, like drawing, reading, and playing games. Nice. Yeah. I like that. So I don't know why we didn't consider that with regards to this whole pandemic thing. Why didn't we just do things that made us happy? We were all doing things that made us sad. Some real fun facts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The total mess of this COVID virus mm-hmm. estimated obviously throughout the whole global human population is around five kilograms okay so pretty Heavy. big but also so small yeah imagine holding it imagine how sick you would get <laughs> very sick um each single virus thing mm-hmm. is about 60 to 140 nanometers in diameter mm-hmm. would you like to guess what a single virus thing is called i don't know a virion Varion? I was yeah. going to say something like, yeah. No, you were going to say that. Vicule. Well, you were pretty close. Mm-hmm. That's what I had for the COVID. Thank you, Aaron. Also, still don't know where that came from. Oh I feel like goodness. that should be, maybe we're, uh, we're approaching unsteady ground on the podcast. But. I do feel like this is our most, like, if we had sponsors, <laughs> it'd be like, we have to say, oh, it. this is going to be just demonetized, no, but as they always say. They should, we should know this by now. <laughs> we probably should know this by now. Uh, This episode, I feel like so far, is a bit chaotic. Okay, to bring us back on track, I had a quote from the patron saint of the episode, Gwyneth Paltrow, that said, you know, I use organic products, but I get laser treatments too. It's what makes life interesting, finding the balance between cigarettes and tofu. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) I had a very specific at Gwyneth thought, which was, yeah, like we don't know what these people are doing behind the scenes. Exactly, exactly. We don't know if the liver king is taking steroids or has some kind of genetic... Oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> genetic... Redness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same with Gwyneth. I was like, she probably isn't all tea pure oil. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like true. And it's like, I don't think that you have to be 100% organic or 100% into like having treatments done chemically or whatever. But I do think transparency is good right and i think that if you're not transparent then the benefits that you're preaching are going to likely have a negative impact instead of a positive one and there's been a movement towards transparency i think quite a lot in the last Mm. few years like if you post an ad you have to say it's sponsored you can't just pretend like it's not sponsored or else it's deceptive food has to have all the ingredients listed on it Mm -hmm. had a story relevant to that which was a fellow from around 1897 mm-hmm. named Stanley, excuse me, Clark Stanley. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? No. So he was nicknamed the Rattlesnake King Okay. in the U.S. 
And yeah, in 1897, he put out a brochure that claimed he had learned about the healing power of rattlesnake oil mm -hmm. from his time hanging around with Native American medicine men. <laughs> Sounds very familiar to me. Mm -hmm. um, it was later discovered that this oil contained no rattlesnake, just beef fat, red pepper, and turpentine mm -hmm. and mineral oil. Yeah. So that's kind of relevant to what mm -hmm. you were saying about potential deceitful jade eggs. Mm -hmm. Yes. And people perhaps claiming to have credentials that they don't. Like, oh yeah, I'm a trained dietitian. Okay, there's different like degrees of that, but the average person might not know, okay, she has a three-month dietitian course, or has she been practicing for 15 years? Which are very different things. And I feel like that's the case with like a decent chunk of people who are on the internet. I don't know exactly how many people are still doing that, but definitely I feel like 2016, 2017, there were a lot of people who were coming up through YouTube and be like, oh, they're the definitive, definitive voice on makeup, but they're the definitive voice on yoga. And it was like, but we don't know anything about them. They could <laughs> be like making this up. And then there's a whole, it's like in that episode of Seinfeld where Elaine sees her boss eating a Snickers bar with a fork and a knife. Yes. And then George tries it and then someone sees him doing it. And then next thing you know, everyone in New York is eating desserts with a fork and a knife that should just be eaten with your hands. And I feel like that's kind of the, the danger of online things because this person gets really popular, but the whole time they've been mispronouncing this really important word hmm. and now everyone mispronounces it. Or well they think that this one oil is really coconut oil. It's really good for your aloe vera. Like aloe vera, I think, was literally proven to cause, like, be a carcinogenic <laughs> when applied, like not diluted. And there's like scientific papers <laughs> on it. But then people are still like, yeah, aloe vera, everything. Because... Yeah, disclaimer, mm -hmm. we're not sure what Alicia just said was true. It, it's I no health know. advice. But, but it was she's something like that. There is some yeah. doubt on things that are almost universally but very quickly taken up as mm -hmm. gospel. Yes. That's all the negatives out the way. I think let's talk about the solar scene. I think that's a good... What does this landscape but... look like in the utopian, future, beautiful, sustainable, tactile solar song? <laughs> the solar <Yeah>. scene. <laughs> um, so, of course, I started with the idea of Benefits. We've been kind mm. of ragging these guys a lot, but is there any genuine health benefits, even placebo? Very little data on it, of course. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of looking at my own experience yeah, and I also observations. Pretty much just at my experience. And what I came up with is that yes, there can be good impact depending on where on the spectrum the influencer is. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a Dr. Oz going to have probably a net negative impact, but mm -hmm. I think some of these people who are genuinely quite uh, uh, well-informed and well-practiced mm -hmm. can have quite good impact. Yeah, I think so. So for me, I was speaking mainly about my experience of learning yoga through YouTube videos, I suppose, because I did take a yoga course in 10th grade taught by a teacher who had trained in it like she was a teacher of yoga, and it was a full year kind of intensive, like learning about the history of it, learning about the implications of all the different strands of it. So I did have that background to use a bit of a discernment when approaching the YouTube videos. But overall, for a lot of these people who I found, and because I had that discernment, I didn't fall down rabbit holes of people who were really disrespectful to the lineage and so on. So because you weren't, because you were first introduced to it by a real person, in other words. Yeah. Whereas I think, yeah, if you were introduced to it just on TikTok, yoga might not be the best example, but if you're 
first introduced to astrology on TikTok. Yeah, well, weightlifting, because yeah. that can actually hurt you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the benefits I found is that there is community and like identity in it. And I think even in the solo scene, there could be a form of these created communities. I think they should be in person. But kind of the way that they are now, there might be a bit of a charismatic leader to them or someone who's like, <laughs> we don't want Joel Olstein up in here, but like on small scales, because it's like, if they do something sketchy behind the scenes, you'll know. Because it's small scale, it's not millions of people watching their videos. Another benefit is that I think people are able to consider the existence of like their spirit as a part of their wellness and even if it's just their mental health i think it's important for people to consider right it links the physical and the spiritual beings in a way that quite often today if the former is even considered at all it's Mm -hmm. completely divorced from yeah you know your physical self yeah so i think in the solo scene any teachers of health will consider all aspects the mental health the physical the relational and i feel like these people on the internet seemed to do that really well. Like some of the Liver King's tenants are connecting to nature, <laughs> connecting to people. Well, a lot of it is buzzwords. Yeah. And a lot of it is, I think, in the solo scene, won't be necessary because we need a grown, you know, adults need the Liver King to tell them that it's good to be with your family. Yeah. And be with true. friends and test yourself <laughs> and get sunlight. I like guess yeah. that's, that's quite a, a damning in, indictment, really. Mm-hmm. It's a Wally culture right there. So in the solo scene, I think we won't be such Wallys. So we won't need. There'll be, there'll be much less of a, a yearning mm. for what you called at the start so accurately common sense ancestral tenants mm-hmm. because we won't be so far removed from them and they won't be so corrupted. And we yeah. won't be sitting 13 hours a day. Yeah, but I agree. I also think that we described in a former series on education the Silicon Gymnasium. Mm-hmm. I think a place like that with its camaraderie and its observation and its, oh, you're doing the bench press, let me show you how. Yeah. Can can ease a lot of or could uh, reduce a lot of the hours we spend looking online. Mm-hmm. I think that more transparency in our diet, in our um, air quality, things like that make us a lot less, less paranoid and we won't need to, to shield so much, mm-hmm. i.e. we won't need to turn to gurus to mm-hmm. tell us what to avoid or what to pursue. And I think that we'll have so much less of a celebrity culture and therefore mm-hmm. like an influencer culture uh, in general. I guess I would just describe it as the solar sites, people of the solar scene having too much respect for themselves to really be engaging in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I see what you mean. I just think it'll be in the solar scene, it'll manifest in a much more of a community setting. Of like, I like the idea of gurus, people who are have trained under other people and they've acquired a bunch of knowledge, maybe brought something new to it. Like that's just how knowledge yeah, of course. moves. And I just think there'll be public lectures, workshops. I always like speaking tours. I know I keep saying that, but I think that's really cool. This person's going across this continent and giving lectures. Because it's like, if you're going to a lecture for like two hours, you have to make the choice. It's not the way that when you go on YouTube for two hours, I feel like you're not making the choice of the videos you're consuming. It's true. So it's Well, there's like, an algorithm feeding it to you, for one thing. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think, okay, this person's going across North America and they're preaching about this one thing. It's not like all of North America is going to be like converted to their line of thought, but it's an interesting perspective to then add to your lifestyle and maybe you then complement it with some readings or you completely deny it as like existing yeah. or whatever. Well, I like to think that we'll be so much more media literate mm-hmm. and have so much more of a critical eye and therefore 
be more scientific. Yeah. We won't be following for the jade eggs and mm -hmm. the ancestral supplements. Yeah. Because, because there'll be so much more transparency. We'll be much more confident in ourselves. Our lives mm -hmm. will be more fulfilling. We won't feel this need to resent the organizations that have, uh, you know, we perceive it to have anyway pushed us into this. Mm -hmm. But why would we trust the CDC? Look at what they've got, you know, mm -hmm. what, look at what they're putting in our food or whatever. Mm -hmm. it, won't be, it won't be like that. Food will be more local. So there's no one to resent. Kind of like that. And also with regards to the media literacy, not so gullible in following for advertisements mm -hmm. and products. Yeah, because it was so quick. It's just like we don't even know how to shield ourselves from advertisements. We get like 16,000 a day or something stupid like that. So it's like we need to like kind of adapt to that almost in the way that we exist and hopefully just have stop having so many advertisements. But even if they continue to exist yeah. in the meantime, We'd, ways to block them out. And and we have such a more baseline knowledge of health and the human body mm -hmm. through the education system that it just wouldn't be that much of a challenge to mm -hmm. discern what's good from what's bad. Yeah, I saw one of the reasons for these people becoming popular was that all of a sudden we knew a lot more about our bodies, but we still don't know enough mm. to actually make good decisions. Yeah, we know about enough to be curious. Yeah, about enough to be like, I don't know if I trust this one medicinal history that mm. I'm being subjected to, like, why can't I look into other types of medicine? So do you think wellness influences exist in the solar scene? My answer was that I think information through the internet is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think everything that we said was true. So it's a long answer. It's like a 40-minute yeah. answer. But <laughs> uh, to summarize, I, I think there's information and there's entertainment and there's art. Mm -hmm. And I think those things should be a little bit more distinct because, yeah. uh, you know, the decision-making uh, parts deep down in our brain maybe don't always know the difference. Mm. I think that's really well put. I feel like in the solar scene, technology's main purpose will be health. So I don't think that there won't be, like there might be celebrities, that's in air quotes, who are about health and medicine, but they're celebrities for the reasons that I feel like people used to be celebrities of like, why was Gandhi a celebrity? Because he was changing the world. And then we can look to his teachings. And I feel like it would be the same in the solar scene. I think we should just put a lot more effort into making sure that it's legitimate not so wishy-washy nice thank you all for listening bye bye